If you gave me a choice between the person who's going to get it right 100% of the time, but communicate with me 50% of the time versus someone who gets it right 70% of the time, but communicates with me 100%, I'll take that second person all day long. I'm Ben Grenell, part of the growing team here at Levels. We're a venture-funded startup backed by more than 1,000 of our community members and some of the best VCs in the game, including Andreessen Horowitz. On this podcast, we talk about everything we do. We share the learnings about our culture and what we're building along the way. This is Inside the Company. When it comes to scaling your time, well, there's no better way to do that than to delegate. When it comes to delegation, having EAs or executive assistants are always a good factor for time leverage. When you're an IC, an individual contributor, you have to find ways to get the most leverage out of your time possible. That comes down to delegation. Well, the best way to work with EAs is to have somebody who's a strong communicator, that being somebody whom you can trust to respond effectively, to respond quickly, and to adapt, learn, absorb all the things that they need to learn to make you efficient in your role. If you think of them as doubling down on your time, well, you can really start to scale it effectively. And so Zach Henderson, head of legal, he and I sat down and discussed this idea of working with EAs. And when it really comes down to it, strong communication and trust are the factors that really give people that upper hand when working with EAs. Anyway, we started talking about all these different avenues of philosophy, of life, of working with executive assistants, and how to get the most output and really feel good about the work that's being done. Anyway, it was a great conversation, always fun jamming with Zach. This wasn't meant to be a podcast at first, and it was one of those conversations that turned very much into an audio episode. So anyway, no need to wait. Here is where we kick things off. The impetus for this is you're moving into a cool different role and we're looking for an EA that really meets your needs. I mean, I think I have a general idea of your preferred work style, but I just love to hear from your perspective, are there qualities in an EA that you particularly value? Do you have like a style of delegation that is like worth servicing? So I can be thinking about that when we bring somebody on board for you. Just just talk me through your, your thoughts, process, needs. Yeah, the timing of this is really good because I've been wanting to get a new EA on board, but I've, it, this is like a bad excuse. I've been so busy that I'm like, it's going to take me longer right now. But a key thing for my role is leverage right now so it's like mm -hmm. if i had five eas hypothetical five mm -hmm. that were that it's not about trust that could actually do the job i can keep them busy like super busy so it's all about that leverage to get out of them and so yeah. it's a question of like what makes an effective EA, or what would i like and what makes effective based on my work style so yeah um what i would like is a clone of vanessa like the way that we ramped up vanessa because vanessa was originally my ea that we then shared with Tony, which we then shared with Ms., which basically became the EA of EAs, like, because she's been so good. I was super happy with her, but got less of her time. I was okay with it because she was doing such high value work for output that it didn't matter. It was like mm -hmm. a leverage point for Tony or for us as a team. So I was like, great. So what I would like is a clone of Vanessa. What makes somebody effective in the way Vanessa was and what 
works with my work style is somebody who is a super good communicator. Mm-hmm. I think probably less about the, which sounds absurd because that's what everyone wants, but less focused on like, can you do the work and yep. more focused on like, how good of a communicator are you? Yeah, this is this is an awesome point. You know, I think about this a lot when I'm hiring outside counsel. Uh, and what what I tell other attorneys is, if you gave me a choice between the person who's going to get it right 100% of the time, but communicate with me 50% of the time, versus someone who gets it right 70% of the time, but communicates with me 100%, I'll take that second person all day long. Even if it's a super technical, difficult issue, I still want the person who is going to get it wrong sometimes, but is going to be communicative enough with me that I'm not losing brain space on wondering whether this thing is going to get done. It's it's that confidence piece of the trust component, right? 100% do. So like, I don't want to use the word confident. I don't, confident it can be like oversold sometimes. I feel good that if somebody is a, a solid communicator, I'll be able to teach them almost anything. Okay, that, that's that's really good to hear. And and what's interesting is, I mean, to have a great delegation relationship, the communication piece probably has to be there for everyone. It is true that some tasks that people delegate, it probably isn't as necessary because if, if you're only using delegation, if one is only using delegation for like, hey, here's a recurring task, put it on your calendar and just do this thing every week, then exactly. maybe it's not as important. But to really be able to have an EA relationship where, you know, to save yourself that five minutes, you can shoot a message off, right? Those five minutes, that's actually the most powerful thing oftentimes about EAs is the ability to save yourself five minutes, five to 10 times in a day to save yourself that brain space. And that requires the communication piece. That's that's exactly what I need. It's not that I want text message level response times like for every message that goes Mm -hmm. out. But what I want is to be able to send a message and within being not in a mode of deep work with like mm-hmm. deep work only when you require them to do deep work tasks. So it should be almost like they're at your beckoning call to like, I got this to break their mm-hmm. focus on whatever you need to get that leverage. So that's, and, and it's not that reactive all the time, but in general, like that's what made Vanessa super successful was it was just like, could hammer. Oh. I had it on my to-do list right before you reached out to get a new EA and talk to LJ. And then like your timing was perfect. So cool. Um, cause this is like the transition week where I'm starting to, where I'm like, I need leverage right now on my time, um, more than ever. And so anyway, there's a, I have a bunch of recurring tasks. Like I had more and I've got fewer now, but one of them was so simple. And it was, I like an EA to send me what is coming up the next week. So I can prep just for meetings. It's nothing new that everyone probably does, but, uh, just saying, Hey, you've got a meeting with like. Zach, Sam, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then that way in my head, I don't have to think about like which meetings or even take three minutes to look at that calendar. I'm just like, prepare the meetings. And so I've asked, hey, I'd like this on uh, Wednesday is nice. Thursday is like a definite date. I have to have this on Thursday by noon Um, Mm -hmm. because I I like to prepare any day between Thursday and Friday, but I'll usually do it on Sunday. It's just, I like to know the option is there if I can squeeze that window. Definitely. If you're having to check your calendar, and and go through it yourself on Friday, then that's defeating the purpose anyway. So the whole the whole the whole point is to have this ready for you. A hundred. And so then I'm thinking of like what made Vanessa really effective. This is probably a problem in itself. But in my mind, I was like, I'm responsible for her utilization to gauge whether or not I'm hammering too much work to her. Whereas like 
with a shared EA, you don't always know how much stuff. So you're just like, I don't know if they're going to come back and go, yeah, I'll do that in like three weeks. So you end up not right. like hammering and hammering. And then you ask like, do you, are you utilized? Are you open? And so it's, it's this dance. And so I think this is a person on my team that I'm responsible for their utilization, their billable right. hours. And right. I'm fucking up if I'm not utilizing them effectively. Mm-hmm. So that's like one side. The second is that I wonder how comfortable people are with that leverage. I think some people are at different degrees. So like, yes, you understand that because you and Sonia understands it really well. I think like anybody who came, Riley, same thing. Anybody who came from a world of utilization and uh, professional services where you have to leverage your time to be effective. Right. Time matters. Probably really good with that. But if you give somebody, uh, I don't know, somebody who that is maybe earlier in their career and they haven't even managed that many people yep. at yep. all, then they might not understand sort of the, like, A, maybe they don't have the trust to be like, I'm giving away my work or B, they literally don't know how much to push and stretch people that they don't see every day and they can't sit beside and help them with their work. So yeah, I don't know what the answer is to it, but I think that's a good way of thinking about it. Cause I wonder if it's like, hypothetically, we're able to find somebody new, but it's a shared resource versus a full-time. I wonder how effective, I wonder if there'd be a difference. Right, I do, I do too, and it is an interesting question. I wonder if there would be a difference, and and probably naturally speaking, it's probably true that how internally motivated and organized a person is is going to dictate how well they can handle that that split too. Right, I, I have a little bit of a mental framework when I think about you know what are the qualities of um, a really effective EA relationship, and you touched on to me, like the the most important first one, which is communication. Um, Number two is ability to execute. If you have communication and ability to execute, then you have your 70% of the way to a really effective EA relationship. Um, I would say the third piece that that, that a level up from there is, is the EA able to exercise good judgment? Because I think judgment is hard for everyone. But if you have those three pieces, then you have someone who's probably able to do not only all of the work that you're assigning, but they're going to get it right the first and second time more often. Um, so while communication is still really important, add that good judgment in and they'll be making good calls uh, and you'll, you're, you'll input less. And then like the icing on the cake in some ways is, and, and it actually I would say mo- about half of people who delegate don't even want this. But for those who do, it's a really, it's a game changer is proactiveness, right? I mean, if, if th- those first three are, are killer, but if you have someone who has those first three and is proactive, I think that's the true 10X. Um, yeah. I think I think it's it's those four pieces together that, that create the 10X relationship and can actually outsize your time because then you have someone who's not only doing all of the stuff that you're asking, but they're actually thinking about fine tuning the whole way because they are closest to those assignments, right? I mean, we're, we, we, if we're delegating something, then outside of calendar entries, there's real work to be done there and they're close to it and they're seeing it in process. So um, yeah, it's an interesting I, framework to think about. Totally. I think it is right on the money. And I, I'm not super interested in having somebody that just does the transactional calendar. I want somebody that right now, if I had like, I've been thinking about this since Wednesday, um, cause Wednesday was like my first, even though it was a small block, it was my first real like deep work day thinking mm-hmm. about some of the projects that I've outlined that I want to tackle. And one of them is around how much brand debt we've got across surfaces and what yep. we have to do to fix it. 
I would like an EA to do like, I've done the hard thinking on it. I'd like an EA to do a bunch of the work to be able to uh, take that to the team now. So it's like, I was able to spend two and a half hours on this thing and the work that needs to be done might actually be six hours right now to like sort of curate the stuff. And if I could take one more hour of my time in addition to that six, instead of spending that myself, Mm -hmm. I think that if there was like one way of framing it, like sort of one takeaway, it's finding a hyper communicator. Cause it's like, that's sort of like, that's something that I do a lot, whether it's good or bad, it's the, it's the behavior. It's the fact that I do it, whether it's good or bad, it doesn't matter. The fact that that's sort of the way that it's just like the mechanics of the machine are that yeah. finding somebody that matches that will be good, sort of like uh, have a good cadence between the two. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just from past experience in doing this type of stuff. It's always the, I could work with anybody to like ramp them up on things if mm-hmm. they can match the communication. And the reason I say it is that I know what frustrates me professionally, yeah. like literally the only thing and number one thing it's mostly like I get very frustrated with poor communication. Yes. Uh, even though like, I'll be patient. I'll say like one, two, three, like here's a like sort of fourth chance. I've said three. I get so frustrated because to me it's table stakes. And I know it's yeah. other people have less sensitivity towards it where they're like, cause everyone's got a different frame of reference for like what that yeah. window, what's an acceptable amount of time. It's like, Oh, I was busy. A week went by. And in my eyes, I'm like, that's insane. And in someone else's eyes, they're like, I was working on high value things and you get like these two polar things. So if we can find someone that just is like rocking and rolling with comms. That's what this is about is, uh, you know, ultimately almost all relationships. One one of, one of the pillars of them is expectations, right? You have a clear expectation that in your working relationships, especially in the EA context, you're going to be working with someone who is going to be communicating just as much as you are. They're going to be a right hand person, so to speak. Uh, if if that expectation isn't matched, then failed expectations creates uh, uncertainty first and foremost, right? And you can't you can't have a working relationship when when there's literally uncertainty in between everything. That that has to go away. You have to be able to have certainty and reliability, and that that comes from met expectations. Somebody that identifies themselves as like, hey, I communicate a lot. Not necessarily saying a good communicator, just somebody who's like good or bad, I communicate a lot. And they sort of have that identity about themselves. I love that. Yeah. That'll be like a good heuristic for matching principle. Cause you just yeah. match that energy and like it, the, the shot of it is somebody that wants to try really hard. All these EAs really want to try hard and be there. And yeah. if they're like, I'm here to like serve you, I'm here to like receive delegation and knock it out of the park. And they're responding right away. And I'm doing the opposite, which is like, not responding for three days, there's no way they can't get checked out and be like, man, this guy, I'm supposed to be helping this guy and he won't even like ping pong it back. And that's super common too, for the reason that you started at the beginning of this conversation, uh, there's, there's overhead for the active delegation. I would love to get your thoughts on, you know, at some point throughout this process, I want to be able to have a conversation with pretty much everyone on the team, um, especially those team members who we would love for them to think through delegating more increase their quality of delegations. But I think for a lot of people who haven't managed people who haven't had this experience, um, the that activation cost of just getting started and the intimidation factor of it is is big. I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, if you have observations on what, what you think have been the big drivers that have limited people from using delegation uh, effectively. Internally, you're saying? 
Yeah, you know, internally or or even generally, what you know, even looking outside of the company, um, things that you you might have identified as patterns that have prevented people from just using delegation at all, using it well, feeling comfortable with it. What what are some of those barriers? I'm kind of putting you on the spot. So yeah, yeah. No, let me I, I've, let me think through it. But I've got a couple that come to mind. So I'll think I will think as fast as possible and communicate slowly. <laughs> there are like three or four things that come to mind. Like I think of them as you're saying them because I'm like, yeah, those are the things if I actually sat and thought about it. So the first yeah. one is um, what you riff on all the time. People who are afraid, intimidated to give away their work. They don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a big thing. So they think they're doing, they're not doing their job by like they're hired to do that job. And so then they don't give away the work because what's their value to the team? And it's like, yeah. oh, that you can get 10 times the things done. That's the value. So give it all away. I think that's yeah. one factor. The second is um, trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So some people don't trust for two reasons. There's like, That's like a fork. So trust could be unwarranted in the sense like somebody might not trust somebody without reason they're not defaulting to trust which sucks Mm -hmm. and that's like i hate to point fingers to towards a person but there is a thing where we have to be honest with ourselves and go hey billy you're not trusting like you literally are starting at a foundation of mistrust you're defaulting Mm -hmm. they're not going to do whatever it's like remove that bias and let's start at a foundation of trust so that's like on the person um work styles finding somebody that sort of matches the cadence and work style and the fourth is like knowing how to do it slash communicating well about it. So if you if you throw a shitty pitch to the EA, there's no way they're going to smack it out of the park. But if yep. you're like giving them like a solid one that they can hit a grand slam and that comes down to communication. So like the delegations have to be like a recipe almost. Right. And I think right. a lot of people don't realize overview, context, bullet, bullet, bullet ask vanessa can you xyz here's what i need you to do here's how you go about doing it and here's when i need it by if there's any like misunderstanding ping me back and i will like re-record the loom but doing if you don't have the one sentence ask with like exactly Mm -hmm. what it is you need and showing them how to do it on a certain date it's all for naught because no matter how hard they try, there's going to be mismanaged expectations because they weren't set initially. So like you expect they're going to come back with what's in your mind and they come back with something that is their interpretation of what you asked. And they're just like you, the more you can narrow the gap of gray area, mm-hmm. narrow that and create crystal clarity yes. <laughs> on what you need the better off you are. You got to give the feedback. That's like maybe the fifth bucket is you, you have to keep understand. You have to keep giving feedback to like, you're turning the wrench to like dial in all of the nuts and bolts of that engine to make sure that those cylinders are firing. And if you don't, yeah, it's going to be too much tension or too little tension. And one of the rods is going to blow. Like you have to fine tune it and people don't, you can't give one delegation. You always have to fine tune. I'll add to that one, one last thing that, um, the earlier you are in an EA relationship, the more critical it is that you're very precise in all of the ways that you just described. 
as you develop a relationship with an EA, that's actually where that judgment can kick in and you can be a little bit more gray area and you can call it out. You can say, I'm not quite sure how to how to handle this piece. Um, think through it and give it your best shot. And if you want to talk about it, we can. You can you can be explicit about creating some gray areas, but that's really something that you can only do after you've developed a bit of a working relationship and you have some understanding of expectations. Oh, totally, dude. And like one thing that worked really well with Vanessa and actually worked well with Tony, it's sort of like a, just a good principle to have yeah. i think for working with anyone is somebody starts new that you're working closely with to do work output and say hey i want us both to understand i'm going to not nitpick in a micromanaging way but i am going to get really granular about micro feedback so that we can get this to a place that we both feel good about because if i I'm setting that expectation now because if I keep going in like micro changing your work, then you're not like, I'm going to be choked. You're not knowing that any of this needs fixing. And then it's yeah. like less effective. And so right. to, like Tony and I did that tons with the podcast. I was getting very in the weeds on edits, not because I was controlling it because I was like, this is how we should do it so right. that we, we could get to a point where we both had that same understanding and then we make it better together. Cause then he's able to throw his ideas in where it's like, Hey, so I was doing the objective stuff with Tony and same with Vanessa objectively, here's what's wrong. But then you can get to a point where the subjective part doesn't happen with EAs as much because they're trained not to come back with their opinion. Right. But right. unless you like fully ask, um, we did get Vanessa doing some subjective stuff because we really asked her for it. But mm -hmm. with Tony or Vanessa, it's like, hey, here's how we're going to here's like the things that didn't like work with this thing. Here's what to mm -hmm. change next time so that like they keep just doing that. Because otherwise, if you ask them for a task, like we're sitting in the EA shoes right now. Hey, Vanessa, can you do this thing? And then it comes back and you're just like, you're like, oh, I don't want to like seem like I'm nitpicky. And they don't know that you're going to nitpick it, then they've got a mismanaged expectation. Like, they're just like, he just no matter what I do, it's never good enough. That's <laughs> the human brain. But it if you set the expectation of like, we're going to do this for probably a month or two, and we'll probably stop doing that because we'll get to a good place. Then it's like, I think doing all those little things with like Vanessa and then with Tony. Yeah. Made it so easy to give this type of feedback. Mm -hmm. the, the one caveat to it is like, people have to be some people. This is just like reality of the world. I like to think that there is a utopian world where we're all very like, well-adjusted some people just yeah. are not as good at receiving feedback as others as shitty as it is um they get so like emotionally wrapped up in it it's a skill is the thing i i do think it's fair to say that some people are naturally predisposed to being pretty malleable and able to to receive feedback and sort of naturally fall into a bit more of a growth mindset and a little bit more of a you know i am not my work mindset and then other people over identify with uh, with uh, their 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 output and their work and uh that's a hard it's 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 a habit and it's a mindset and it's hard to break totally um so what should we do for next steps what's helpful here do you need more info for me or how can we i, I think i think this is i think this is a great starting point so i'll work with um lj and and sonia and just keep you looped in on the finding someone uh process this this will be one of the first times that i've i've uh worked with the like identify and pair up uh, an EA. But what I would like to be doing, and, and I'm kind of kicking off our 10x delegation project basically starting Monday. But one of the things that I'd like to do is 
especially for members of the leadership team, uh, when we're bringing on a new EA for them, one of the reasons why I want to have this call is in addition to helping us find someone, I want to have a framework so that I, uh, and maybe even April, can sit down and just kind of talk through, hey, here's what Ben really needs. Uh, you know, if you want to hit the ground running and have a great relationship with Ben, uh, here are the ways that you could, you know, really just just be a huge unlock for him. Uh, and if you do these things, you can know that these are things he's, he's going to appreciate. It's, it's basically a way to really fast track a high trust, high confidence relationship with him. So that's kind of what I'm thinking is, is, is being able to set them up a little bit more for success after having a conversation like this.